Hello, good morning to you from me on this wonderful Monday. The days feel less like the days in which they're titled. I'll tell you that. I've just sort of been maneuvering uh, willy-nilly this past month through several days. I've been doing things on a Tuesday. I've been doing nothing on a Thursday. You know, what is a day? Today's Monday. And on Mondays, I don't lie. So I'm going to sit here and I'm going to not lie to you and tell you that I have been a little bit of a busy bee for about three to four weeks now. I've had my beautiful aunt and my beautiful cousin visiting, and we hit a deer on our way back from Chicago, and I went to Chicago, and I rode a bike on the water, and I ate a SpongeBob popsicle for the first time since I was just a little boy. And we hit a deer at about 2.30 a.m. while listening to some soft core <laughs> house music, I don't know, soft house, I don't know what you would what you would call that. Either way, the vibes were interesting. And then we hit a deer. Rather, the deer hit us, walked right out in front. Um, And on top of that, I've been spending a lot of time in nature. Uh, Maya and I have been discussing the idea of paying penance to the deer by walking it out through the woods. So I've been to Hartwick Pines, a beautiful old-growth forest in northern Michigan. I've been to Belding, Michigan, a little sweet spot about 40 minutes south of Grand Rapids. And I tell you, though I've lived here my whole life in Michigan, I'm continuously surprised um, and awed by the vegetation and the temperature and the climate that I encounter because it's, it's new in each part of the state. And that's something I appreciate. So I had a little getaway, sitting in a hammock reading, remembering what quiet is, Um, And it's funny how quiet follows you once you go to a place where it's uh, abundant. And then you start to listen to the quiet elsewhere. Because you can always find it somewhere. So yeah, I've been the busiest little bee. Making music, dancing around fires, reading books. I'm currently reading uh, Queer by William S. Burroughs. Teaching a Stone to Talk by Annie Dillard. That's a revisit. I'm almost finished with that one. Um, And I've been buying books. (laughs) Buying books left and right. Which is funny. Because who knows when I'll get to meet them. But I've been rocking. And I have been rolling. And I've been filled with love. And friendship. And silliness and laughter. And for that I'm thankful. And today's episode has a very similar vibe. uh, With two, two friends people who I came to know as friends quite quickly. We have musician Cole Voss and music supervisor Joe O'Reardon. Joe has done lots of work for very cool networks such as Adult Swim, MTV, Comedy Central, just simply dope shit. Uh, Supervising sound, music, etc. And Cole Voss is a name that can be associated with the likes of Justin Timberlake, De La Soul, Shakira, MIA, the man's got his toes in a lot of waters, if you want to call it that way. Either way, we were talking about their work on a really wonderful HBO special called The Cost of Winning, which follows a small, fascinating, unique football team. And I'm not sure that I want to tell much more because of how curious of a situation it is. But it's special, and it's heartfelt, and it's an experience to analyze the ways in which the players and the coaches and outsiders feel of the entire situation. And we just got goofy with this talk. Um, We're not actually sponsored by Dunkin' Donuts or Ikea. I will use that as a preface, though it may sound like it. I didn't get a dime, I swear. Everything we say is from the heart. And Joe's a deadhead, so get real. Get real with that. I hope you enjoy listening to us talk somewhere close to as much as I enjoy talking to them in present time, because what a hoot. I'm so thankful to have spent time with them. Here's my chat with Kovas and Joe.
How's your day been, guys? What have, what have you gotten up to on this beautiful week beginning? Uh, not too much. Meditated, a lot of business stuff. Uh, yeah, working on a remix, but I can't like disclose the artist's name, but it's yeah. gonna be pretty cool. Yeah. Right on, man. Do you meditate regularly? Yeah, every morning. Uh, sometimes every afternoon, but every morning definitely. Beautiful, brother. Me too. Are you a meditator? Absolutely, uh, man. What is your What's your process look like? Uh, I kind of focus on breath. Sometimes I'll do a mantra, but yeah. uh, for me, it's like centering myself and getting myself like aligned and ready for the day and having the right intention, going into the world positive with positive energy absolutely man what about you joe you meditate you know i'm not like <clears throat> not a daily meditator but i did get really into and, and uh i was really into like meditating for like breath training and stuff like before yeah. i went to bed um because i just would like couldn't fall asleep at night and i found that to really work a lot and i actually do do like sleep meditation like i just listen to those like you know, like stories and things like at night. So, I mean, wow. I, I would say that's like meditation adjacent. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, but no, I mean, it's, it's definitely something that I, when I do practice it, I can tell that it works. Mm. I just don't put it into my daily routine for some reason. Uh, so yeah, I need to get like you guys. <clears throat> hey, me- meditation takes many forms. It doesn't necessarily just mean, you know, sitting down and focusing it can happen no matter what you're up to i'm, I'm meditating right now in a way so. the two guys that have art their own their own art on the wall are the two guys that are meditating every day and you've got you've got the mirror the ego yeah. i'm just staring at myself every, every second i actually i actually to, to that point I, I it's the first couple of days of nice weather um and so i guess my meditation i i, I love to golf um oh, wow so uh I definitely got out and played some golf yesterday, which for the first time outside since I don't know, like four or five months. So what do you what do you like about golfing? <sighs> I don't have to rely on anybody else, mm. uh, and uh, it manages to scratch my competitive itch Ooh. without uh, needing to call up like five friends and see if they'll play basketball or you know, mm. or or like attending a boxing class or something it's just a nice i guess that would i guess to to your point maybe that's my meditation is just a yeah I, man I, I was uh you know i was listening to something today about the default mode network which is basically the part of your brain that's responsible for like the ego and the sort of like the place where uh emotions and feelings that you hold on to start to take place and they were talking about how w- when you're doing an activity that default mode network is very very quiet because you're more centered and focused i would imagine that golfing you're like in a state of flow right yeah absolutely man you're just yeah, I don't, you're present i don't find find myself very grounded uh often <laughs> so uh yeah you know it's it's just i think I, you know i'd speak for myself but in my line of work i'm constantly working on so many different projects and different things that it's kind of like if i go one track mind or try to just focus on one thing it can actually kind of hinder me you know so wow uh, you know kind of have to put on both hats sometimes so i hear you man yeah I'm, I'm the same with the weather today man i spent a good five hours just sitting in the park reading and everything around me is still like dead but I could be outside in a, a long sleeve tee with some sweatpants and I was comfortable with a light wind. It's it's really strange, especially with the current state of the world. Like I've become much more uh, attentive to the weather <laughs> because not being able to get outside has been even more of a because I'm not seeing anybody as well. So I feel like that might usually be the the takeaway when the weather is pretty harsh, where I can still spend time with with people and when you're. When you can't go outside and you can't spend time with people, it's yeah. like uh Yeah, I know I know Kovas is gonna hit me with the like I feel you guys while he's outside. <laughs> Look at that sun. Look at that sun. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's got the because <laughs> well, <'cause... laughs> stay in the world and the ambulance went right by and sirens happened, so I don't know if I should mute or not. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear it, but it it adds to the story. Keaton, I, I I feel you. It, it, we've been we've been like basically shut in. We have a, little kids. 
Mm-hmm. So we've been we haven't seen anybody and done anything and you not even been able to go on a walk around the neighborhood has just been so stifling, you know. So, yeah, uh, yeah it's it's uh, this whole thing has definitely made me appreciate just like a nice 50 degree day, <laughs> you know, like way more. Than <laughs> yeah, that. it's like 42 degrees and I got a T-shirt on. I know, like, I know. Ooh, ooh, all right. <laughs> it dips below 60 and Kovas gets out his, his, his <laughs> snowsuit, you know. I know, right? Put on my North Face. <laughs> yeah, so I, feel how, bad. How, I always yeah, have the conversation about weather. I'm like, all right, <laughs> you guys enjoy that. Cause, uh, I haven't seen any dip, any change of weather in the past, uh, however long you've been living in California. Yeah. <laughs> Full disclosure. I, I did live in LA for almost 10 years, and so you know, I kind of, I kind of got tired of the. I don't mind the, the changing of the seasons now. So. <clears throat> yeah. So what did you guys do then to uh, occupy yourselves as things have been shut down? What do you do when you start to feel that sort of restlessness or at least difference in the way things run? Make a, a coffee run for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> or go to Target just to walk the aisles. <laughs> I feel like I've been to Target more than any other store. I don't know why. There's something about Target that feels... <laughs> it's it's really clean and like I don't know man it just feels safe. And one thing I was just talking to somebody about this. Target's got something beautiful down. I don't know if the one you go to does, but the way the store is laid out, it's like a perfect like square or like a perfect circle. And I've found that not many stores are like that. But you can just peruse through all the sections in like five minutes and keep going around. And I think I don't know. There's something really centering it's, it's about like that. The, it's like the anti uh, the anti IKEA uh, you know which is built to, solely to trap you in and and you know and uh, IKEA is I just got into the world of IKEA a couple years ago and it's 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 more than a store there's like a I don't know I'd call it an organization or but there's there's only one in Michigan and I was living nearby it when I was going and it's yeah you spend it's a day it's a day in there it's not yeah. I'm gonna run to Target real quick it's Okay. Yeah. Don't eat. <laughs> I'm pretty much against IKEA in all in all facets. Eat the meatballs. Bring it on. What do you, what do you have against IKEA? Well, I just I'm not interested in being trapped anywhere. I'm I'm not interested in eating meatballs in the same place where I buy like an ottoman. And I'm like you you leave there thinking that you've just done something magical because you have all these things that you you know uh, you know shelves and chairs and things. But then you get home and like. There is no worse feeling than unboxing that shit and having to put it together. Um, I, I would say that my, it's definitely been the, like the the biggest test of my wife and I's relationship is any time we're like trying to assemble an IKEA product, and so it's just like, what are we doing here? Why did we do all this? Like, I spent a day at this place that I didn't like. I'm hungry, and now I have to go home and work. Like. Nothing. I think it's fascinating when you're when you're putting something together, the sorts of emotions that come out. You learn a lot about your patients. Yeah. <laughs> I got um they have this big, I think it's like four by four by four. And I I bought this huge four by four, like it's called a calyx. It's just a bunch of boxes to put my records in. And I built it by myself and I like bought it. And I was living like an hour away from the Ikea store. When I got back, I had realized that I'd gotten the wrong color. And so I had to go back to Ikea and do a return situation. So I had to go. They put me through the machine again. I had to do the return. But then you can't just like go reverse because I'm like, well, I know where it's at. Because you know how at the very end, it's like the warehouse part. They're like, sorry, bud. Hit that escalator. (laughs) Grab another (laughs) round of meatballs. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I learned a lot like of a video, It's like a video game with no phase. <laughs> it is, man. It's like Mario. If you, if you got a game over, it's it's right back to the checkpoint. IKEA would earn my respect if they if they really did all this just to just to screw with us, you know. And then there was like 17 people in a room just watching, like he's coming back. They got the whole wall of cameras. One. He picked <laughs> the pink one up and not the green one. Like, he's be back. <laughs> I mean, yeah, say what you will about Ikea. They're different. The way they do things. <laughs> and, man, yeah. it's like when you go to check out, there's chocolate next to, like, hangers and then some sort of canned Swedish meat with, like, stuffed animals. Yeah. I really like the kids' section. <laughs> it's a lot. The kids' section? Yeah. 
Things that don't go together for a hundred. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, man. Kid section oh. is is fire though. The stuffed animals I think are dope because they're just they got the one little tag that says you know Kalala or whatever, <laughs> whatever lion thing they got going on and Good. yeah. Whatever they, made up name. <laughs> <laughs> they keep That's it simple, man. I'm a, I'm a big fan of I honestly really like how they have the room set up too. I think that's really far out how they have like full full setup and they show you the dimensions of everything so you can you know what I'm for IKEA. <laughs> you're, I'm pro, you're 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 not swaying me but you're making good points. <laughs> I'm pro <laughs> IKEA. Well, I that's just it. got into the game. I just got into the game as well. So Yeah, you haven't been like beaten down yet. Like <laughs> wait till you build wait till you try to build a a bed that has drawers underneath it, like a king size bed like you're building wobbly like, yeah, you're building piddly little calyx. I've only worked with I've worked with like wood pieces and like little wooden pegs. That's as far as I've gotten. My my bookcase is in here, IKEA. The table that this laptop's sitting on, IKEA. The lamp that is lighting this setting is IKEA. So look at this guy. This is are we are you sure that this wasn't just a ruse to get us to come on here and talk about IKEA? No, actually that's why are I was talking about our sponsor our sponsor today. <laughs> Is it a coupon called <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys? I don't want to go off topic too much, but do you guys? Are you guys familiar with how commercials were done, like television commercials were done back in like the 50s and you know early TV times, especially early network TV. Uh, so so essentially they would like you know they'd be filming the, you know whatever's going on right here, yeah. and they would literally just turn, and you know one of the one of the stars of the show or whatever would come hawk like, you know, for instance, the Campbell oh. soup, uh, like kind of almost like live in the moment kind of thing. And I think that's like the coolest thing. Can you give me an example so ever. I can like picture it? Sparkling water. Yeah. Like, Sparkling so, okay. So we're, we're, uh, I, I'm trying to give a good example, but like say Fresh Prince. I, did you watch Fresh Prince? I'm not yes. sure how old you are, Keaton. So I, I am 21 years of age, and I am familiar with Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Okay, so like a sitcom like that, like a camera sitcom like that, okay. it would be okay. like they're filming the show. Okay. They, they're they filming in the living room, the iconic Fresh Prince living room. They move right. to the kitchen, and all of a sudden, Jeffrey is in there selling Pam nonstick oil, you know? But it's still yeah. in the Fresh Prince setting it's okay. it's it, they haven't left they just literally yeah they're shooting it there uh i just have, i've always like wondered why we're not why we can't get back to that i think it's so cool what do you like about that so much i don't know it just keeps you more engaged in what's happening and it's i don't know commercials feel like such a that feels so much more subliminal and so much more kind of maybe effective than just kind of like, okay, it's commercial time. Go, go to the bathroom and hurry up and get yeah, back. Yeah. Do you ever watch a commercial and you're like in any way legitimately like interested? Cause I feel like if I, if, as soon as a commercial comes on, my mind goes into that state of like, okay, I'm trying, someone's trying to sell me something right off the bat. So whatever it is they're doing, I'm seeing it through the lens of like, like, especially like progressive commercials as an example, like they've gone hardcore on like the, like they'll do zoom calls and it's just like, I don't know. I get hit with this wall of just a, a strange feeling. So, do you guys get hit with any any commercials? You're like, wow, I'm glad I watched well, that. I I actually uh, won an award for a commercial, so I I don't speak bad about commercials. No. Absolutely, man. <laughs> tell 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 me about that. Tell me about the process. Tell me, win me over. Well, I feel like it all depends on the creative. Yeah. You know, it, it, I feel like if it's funny engaging but sometimes you have people with the hard hard like here's the product here's the product here's the yeah. product but i think that if you are able to create something that makes you feel an emotion mm. you know i feel like that's edward bernays type stuff i was just watching a comparison it was uh i think it was like 2018 it was the pepsi super bowl commercial right next to the coke super bowl commercial obviously those are both giant soda companies but pepsi's was like really strange and emphasizing like just being really rad and just being like the top in the world and that's why you drink pepsi and then coke was much more flowing and it was about like family and friends and getting together and spreading love and compassion and it was really interesting seeing those two together 
you know, and, and looking at the different ways in which they're trying to touch you. Well, that's that's the thing. By the way, Kovas, I, I'm not sure, but your your screen is dark now. I don't know if you just uh, if you're just really not into this Coke and Pepsi discussion. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't <laughs> want to be seen. No, no, no. Hold on, I gotta. Uh, I gotta I, you do what you gotta do, man. I can I can weigh in on that. I know that like Pepsi, you know, is like you know the the Generation X. <laughs> brand, you know, and that's always been their kind of like, we're cool, you know, Coke is your dad's drink, and uh, <laughs> you know, Pepsi is like, the, um, so I, I, I mean, I guess they're continuing on with that theme forever. I don't know. I mean, but to your point, like, I don't know anybody who is like, well, I drink Pepsi because I'm young and hip, bro. Like, <laughs> uh, no one would say that. <laughs> I'm and, so lit. <laughs> yeah, like I'm just lit. Like I'm just like the kids, you know, like Pepsi, right? Um, man. But uh, you know, I I don't. I think that there's. I think that all that com- like the progressive stuff you mentioned, it's all just like so much deeper than we are even aware of. You know, that it's getting through to us because I've always felt that way too. Where I'm like, why would somebody waste all this money on this this commercial? Like it, it doesn't make me want to drink Budweiser anymore. You know. <laughs> It's crazy because of like Edward Bernays. You know about Edward Bernays? No, tell me about it. He w- he was the cousin of uh, Sigmund Freud, so oh. he realized that the six human needs. If you apply that to a product, you can get people to buy more of your product. And if you mm-hmm. think about every brand, every brand is basically a personality. So what kind of car you drive is based on your personality. You know, yeah. Ford tough. You know, if you drive a Benz, if you drive uh, a Nissan, you're practical. So it's pretty interesting, like, when it when you break it down. There's a yeah. documentary I saw on YouTube about it. What's the documentary called? Uh, I want to say it's called uh, Society of Soul. Hmm. But, but uh, yeah, Edward Bernays wrote a book called Propaganda. I think it's, like, you can find it on Amazon. But, like, I went uh-huh. down a rabbit hole one night, like, oh, my God, like, uh-huh. What? <laughs> it's pretty interesting. Yeah, propaganda is a heck of a word, man. Yeah. It's uh, it's real. I think it's realer than than. It's than, all there is. <laughs> it's, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, you can put you can put most things through the lens. My yeah. friend, my my friend made a very illuminating point to me when we were talking about advertisements once, because I was like, I don't like. I'm not trying to be the person that's like I'm above ads, but. Like you just said, like, I don't see a Coors Light ad, and I'm like, man, I should go get myself a Coors Light. And so I was, like, having that conversation with my friend, and he just pointed out to me something very simple that a lot of it is just the recognition of the name. Like, just seeing the name a lot, whether it's, like, on a baseball field or you see the commercial all the time, just seeing that name over and over again. When you go to think about a product, you're going to think about who pays the most for your your eyes to see it. And that makes a lot of sense to me. Like, you know, I see like H&R Block, I don't know an example, like you start to think about something obscure like that, like, oh, I need insurance. And you're like, well, who have I, I don't know, who have I seen? I guess H&R Block's around. So. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think you're right. I think there is just things that are just kind of like in the, uh, the, the in your scope of things where, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I could name another, uh, I, I don't think I could name H&R Block's competitor, you know? Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, and it's so, like Kleenex, Kleenex Q-tips. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fascinating because you know? that's where the the actual item gets replaced with the brand name. Like it's not even a Kleenex is a napkin, you know, a Q-tip is a cotton swab. The yeah. brand literally just said we're just gonna <laughs> we're just gonna take that over. There's a lot of that, and I I also worked in in commercials mostly just on the like just as a music soup, you know. So it wasn't yeah. I was never really aware of like what you know, I guess, like, the ethos behind, like, why, you know, mm-hmm. who's who's behind the curtain actually trying to come up with these, uh, you know, <laughs> mind control devices, but <laughs> there is, there is, like, it, it, it's the most intense work I've ever done. I've worked in, I've worked on movies, I've worked in television, I've worked in commercials, and the commercial work, granted, a lot of it is because it's a very tight deadline, but yeah. it's intense. Like, it is intense. You, the, you, you get the picture of or the the thought bubble of sitting in an edit bay with a with an editor for like 17 hours until seven in the morning every day like that's what happens on a lot of Damn. these 
ads, you know, whereas TV life, it's like everybody's leaving at five, you know, like uh, why, why do you think that is? I think because it's it's really there's a lot more care and a lot more science behind it than we even maybe are even aware of even while we're working on it, you know, uh, of just what is going into when when you're asked to work on a project for Google, it's like it's it's not just <laughs> making a season of a television show you know it's so much deeper than that you know so i I can't speak on exactly why but i can tell you that having been involved in both it's certainly the most intense work i've ever done maybe kovas can yeah yeah kovas you made a commercial so lay it on us tell us tell us what we don't know why'd you make it Uh, how'd you make it oh Uh, because they pay me no Uh. (laughs) (laughs) it's all the it's all commercial with uh dunkin donuts with um, Odell Beckham Jr. All right. And uh, it was uh, it was a fun experience, but we only had a day to shoot everything. So it was Damn. super intense to get everything down, and it was uh, like seven setups everywhere. So it was uh, it was uh, a pretty wild wild thing. And he was in a bad mood, but I but I was. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but we ended up hitting it off uh-huh. so much so that we ended up hanging out and. I ended up like like basically helping get the shots done because he was like, I'm not messing with any of these people. <laughs> but it came out great, and we ended up winning a Clio Award for it. Right it on, great. man. Yeah. So how'd you get so, how'd you get into that sort of project, and how did it make you feel when you were getting into it? Uh, you know, I got suggested from a friend. Mm-hmm. Uh because I, I've been doing music production and working with different artists. Yeah. And they were like, You would you be down to write a song for Odell? And I was like, Oh wow, yeah, okay, I'll do that. And then they were like, Would you like to be in the vid, in the commercial? I was like, Yeah, okay, I'll do that. <laughs> so it just kinda snowballed into this whole much bigger thing. At first I thought I was just gonna make a beat and that was it. But after uh-huh. that it kinda snowballed. Wow. So do you just get free Dunkin' Donuts swag? Are you a, I did. I did. I got fat. But then I had to like <laughs> I had to stop so I could lose weight. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I gave out so many gift cards. I was like, please take <laughs> it usually doesn't snowball like the good way. Usually it un- unravels. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. That brings me oh. to our next sponsor today, uh, Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin Donuts. <laughs> <laughs> Coupon code Odell. <laughs> People are gonna be disappointed when they go for an IKEA Dunkin' Run. I know. <laughs> the same thing. That's a that's a that's not a good combo. I don't think I want to be in IKEA with a stomach full of. Dunkin' Donuts. No, you get you get donuts and coffee, and then you go right for the meatballs and the yeah. Donuts donuts are for dessert. Yeah, I don't I don't know when donuts became this like breakfast item that people that you guys aren't into donuts for breakfast. I love donuts. I would eat donuts for every meal if possible, but it is like the most sugary, (laughs) the craziest dessert. Like who who was like let's eat the most sugary. Dunkin' Donuts. They were they, they were like, let's capitalize. I'm That's never going to work for them again, guys. Stop it. It, it, <laughs> it wears you down. Like, I, there was actually, I worked at a place, I worked at a major network, and they did, like, bagel Wednesdays, right? Uh-huh. And so they would bring in all these bagels and cream cheese and everything. And it was really cool, you know? I mean, I don't know. Like, that's just, <laughs> especially in the, this was early on in my career, like, you you know, I don't come from a, a line of a, a world where you're just getting free food at your job, you know. So like yeah. they're bringing bagels, but you would just see everybody at like nine thirty. You know, day starts at at ten or whatever. So yeah, like ten thirty, ten forty five. Everybody's just looking miserable because they just ate like two bagels with cream cheese all over them. You know? No, yeah, I think that man. When I have them for breakfast, I'm miserable. like, I know what I'm doing is not good. It's not good, but for some reason I understand that culturally, if I were to be caught with this donut, people were like, "Eat it, man!" You know that's what's for breakfast. I think it depends on the donut as well, because if you have, I don't know, I, it really doesn't. They all kind of 
just. No, I mean, sure. there's 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 levels to donut dumb. But if you got jelly, if you got jelly, it's like, oh, a little bit of fruit, a little bit of fruit for breakfast. But it's still just going to make it's going to weigh on your stomach. But if you have cream, like a cream donut, that's like another level of like pit in your stomach. Eat cake for breakfast. (laughs) It is cake. It is just a cake. It's just a cake. It's just a portable cake. But man, there's something it it lights my fire. If I if I go to the airport there's this beautiful shop near me, and I they're open at like 6 a.m. So if I'm going to the airport for an early flight, I'll stop and get a donut. And on halfway through the flight, I'm like, man, I feel like shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I uh, I have I have like two. I was a paper boy when I was little, and there was two grocery stores that I delivered papers to. Uh-huh. And uh, they, you know, <clears throat> Saturday morning, that you know, I would deliver it before, you know, super early in the morning. And I'd get the donut and, you know, you get the like the fresh cream filled donut or something. And like I have more memory. I have like such a like a visceral memory of eating these warm donuts, you know, warm donut. Wow. Like I'm talking like the guys like, oh, Joe, like you brought the paper, like have a donut. And you're just like, what? Like, you know, pulling them off the rack. Type of shit. Off the rack. But I'm, I'm 35 now, so I can't be eating donuts <laughs> breakfast like it's it's just. And it's not conducive. It's it's not conducive to good work. Like you guys, you guys can live vicariously through me. I'll I'll eat enough donuts. Eat an, eat an extra for us. <laughs> I'll I'll pour pour a little bit of donut. Pour a donut out. <laughs> I remember I remember going to I went to Krispy Kreme when I was a Boy Scout when I was very young and they like they had the line and they showed you like how the donuts were made. I remember that just changed. Oh yeah. That changed my whole life forever. A warm donut. Krispy Krispy Kreme feels like its own thing, but still delicious. Yeah, I'd say a lot of donuts are subpar. Yeah, Krispy Kreme is like like high level, almost crow nut. <laughs> it's, like, it's not like a donut. It's not like any other donut you will get anywhere else. I was, I'm realizing now. I don't think I've ever had a donut from Dunkin' Donuts. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it here first. I'm gonna hook you up. I don't know how that's gonna. Cobas has got some expired gift cards laying around. I got I got you I got you. I'm gonna start getting vouchers in my email, man. They, yeah, I'm well, just sitting here thinking I've just never had one. I grew I up know. in Ohio. I'm not America sure. America runs on Duncan. Oh God. Cobas is. Kovas is trying to get that uh trying to get that new who's the new wide receiver trying to get the uh I don't know Justin <laughs> Herbert uh donut deal. Uh they they didn't really they weren't a thing when I was growing up. They we had like Tim Hortons and shit around here. Like we didn't yeah. have uh Dunkin' Donuts was an East Coast thing, I think, until only the past few years. Oh wow. What do you think of Tim? What are your thoughts on Tim? Fine. I don't know. Adequate. That's fair. That's that's pretty like, much. I don't. I don't I, it's like right. Just yeah. <laughs> I gotta say though, Tim Tim Hortons chocolate chip muffin is my favorite muffin. An, also, a, another dangerous game is muffins in the morning because muffins also have the breakfast feel. But again, if you get a chocolate chip muffin at 8 a.m. and those are thick. Those are real thick. Zucchini bread. Get zucchini bread. You'll be good. I just I just had some banana banana oat muffins, not much sugar in them, and they feel less heavy. They feel less heavy. All right. I, I mean, look, I'm I'm all for breakfast pastries. It's just it's kind of like I'm all for like drug use too. I just like can't do it as much as I want to, you know. <laughs> right. Everything in moderation. Right. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Yeah, drugs in the morning. That's kind of like eating a muffin in the morning. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I, I, I don't want to incriminate myself uh, to to your to you know any like kids that might be watching that are trying. <laughs> yeah, to you, Yeah, I'm gonna. I actually said before you got on, Joe is gonna be a a role model and he's gonna be a stand up guy. <laughs> he's not gonna say anything. I am. I am. Uh, I don't know anything about drugs in the morning. Uh, <laughs> I was just having a talk about this recently about waking up and specifically ingesting marijuana in some form and just how 
it's a it's a it's a tricky game for certain because sometimes the day is over before it started. Um, <laughs> it's gonna yeah. lead. To, it definitely is gonna lead to like uh, maybe like the second donut, which is you know <laughs> yeah. probably yeah. gonna be m- more more problematic than the weed itself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then, yeah, then the nap, the quick nap. <laughs> yep. Get get sleepy about two o'clock. <laughs> a rant a random nap. You just gotta uh you just gotta dial in what your you know, what your mode is and then you'll be fine. Yeah, I'm strange. Sometimes I can because you I don't really care for smoking. If I do partake, it's usually via edibles. That's usually my vibe. And sometimes I can work with it. Like it help like especially musically, it's just like vibes. But if like I can't do much, I'm not really going anywhere. I'm not scheduling any appointments. I'm not doing anything like this. I'm just not. No but, conference call. Yeah, I'm no, not. Man. I'm not into. I'm not into the edibles really at all. They make me tired and. They're a not, lot. Not myself. I feel like. They're strong, man. They're real strong. I'll give you that. Yeah, I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> so, <laughs> mar- marijuana is a a plant. Oh, okay. Got yes. It, got it. Uh, <laughs> it's it's gaining traction in the youth. Okay. The the youth is very it. into it. <laughs> I feel like I I would love to see like the uh I I bet you the youth is actually weed use is down. And it's like all the old people that are like that have been scared their whole lives that are uh-huh. like it's legal now. Like I, I bet yeah. you that like weed use amongst older people is way up, and like younger kids are like, nah, I'm trying That's to really just straight to that heroin, bro. Like <laughs> you think you think they're just? I think vaping, dude. Like in terms of my personal experience, like vaping has become the thing that I've seen youth doing more than anything else, which is just totally bananas. Like I don't know why that is it. And I think the effects of that are just going to be yucky, to say the least. Probably not ideal. No, it's it's so normalized. But yeah, since weed was legalized, like in Ann Arbor and stuff, and in Michigan, just like at the few dispensaries I've visited, there's always like old folks there, like elders. And it's like right on, man. <laughs> Help yourself hey, out. Making up for lost time. <laughs> yeah, man. It's interesting. Things are changing rapidly. New New York just um I think New York just introduced a bill to decriminalize like entheogenic plants, like psychedelics kind of stuff. And that's happening like pretty rapidly, like in California especially. Times are times are changing. Quick. Ayahuasca. <laughs> Peyote. <laughs> Let's go. Have you had experience with those kavas? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. I, not at all. No. One do you, day. Do you have interest? Uh, I I'm interested. In some of the effects would be. I think it would be cool. Yeah. To like have that that mind awakening that yeah. people say you get from it. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you would like find out the the keys to life. You know, I don't yeah. know. Well, pe- people call psychedelics the the crash course to enlightenment. So, meditation and psychedelics are right. Brother, not not good. very far from each other. Yeah. Meditate on peyote. That's, yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> there's a there's a peyote <laughs> church in uh, I what? think it's Texas. It's like the only peyote church, but you can they have like full retreats. I think you go for. I think you go for a day or it's like several days, but you go and you fast all day. I think all you do is drink water and they sort of prepare you and then you sleep. And the next day, like they work you through a peyote ritual. Wow. And I think that's really far out. I think that stuff's happening still. And they get a tax write off too on top of it. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, what's, you know, what's rad, man, is like I was looking at the site and in order to sign up, it's pay what you want. So you can go, you can do it for free, but there's That's also like, like you're like the biggest dick if you if you don't pay anything for a pay what you want. No, and like I mean, you're supposed to pay more than you. And there's pay. so much. So there's so much like in the literature about like respecting the ancient traditions. Like 
respecting the grounds that you're going to be on, respecting this like thousand year old like sort of thing that's occurring. And if you're just like, oh, four bucks, <laughs> let me go again. Like, right, yeah. right. You break out a roll you of got- quarters. You guys pay fucking donuts gift cards? <laughs> I've got like 400 of them. <laughs> Man. I think we do you? that podcast. <laughs> Part two, we go go to the church, all of us. That'd be that'd be real <laughs> far out, man. I don't think that I don't think that that is. I don't think it's just like you go to the church and hang out afterwards. I think it's like <laughs> your life is significantly altered for the rest your, of it. <laughs> your reality is different. We would not we would not be laughing. Have we? If we had all been there, we probably wouldn't be laughing about it. No, we'd be crying at the very thought of of, of having been there. What in life? <laughs> Far out, man. It's groovy. It's groovy, is what it is. But yeah, it's it's cool. It's cool seeing it, man. Especially psilocybin, like the the advocacy for it in a therapeutic setting. I'm very very interested in how that's gonna assist mental health on the broad. Assist music. Maybe maybe it will maybe it will. Uh, I I I think, you know, uh, all all of the wonderful health benefits. I mean, imagine all of the awesome little shredders out there who maybe will eat mushrooms because they're allowed to uh then <laughs> right, right man. It's, uh pets i mean see know. the see the 60s and 70s for evidence like you're not going to get any more far out music than that time period man people were like whoa i mean the grateful dead like yeah <laughs> yeah don't get me started on that don't get me started keaton on the dead yeah. <laughs> you a deadhead joe uh yeah i mean i don't i don't like to put myself in boxes but i definitely love the grateful dead a lot uh tell me about it man how how have they affected you i just think they're the punkest band ever and i love them and they're and they're incredible songwriters and i think it's a it's a sad sad thing that they get compared to like fucking government mule and shit and fish (laughs) and bands like that uh, hey man, what do you got against? I mean, I get the fish thing, but fish is fine. Fish is fine, but they're they're nothing like the Grateful Dead except for their fans. Um, and so I I I think uh, you know I don't want to go on a long diatribe about the Grateful Dead, but I think they're... hey man, we got time. <laughs> I'm here to listen. Have you have you seen the miniseries that's I've on seen Amazon? It all. Seen it all, brother. I just I just watched that, and it that was my introduction. I mean my. My friend just went through like initiation. He like sent me Morning Dew, and I was like, okay, there's something going on here. Like, there's a feeling here. I don't know what it is. I'm trying to figure it out. But after I watched that miniseries, I I got it. I was like, okay, it's much more than it's more than a band. It's more than the music. It's way way bigger than that. So yeah, they're they're, uh, they're they're an unfortunate. Uh, you know, you talk about like branding and propaganda. I believe that the uh, the the inadvertent propaganda that is the Grateful Dead has kept a lot of people from maybe giving them a chance. Uh, at my, myself included, I actually grew up, you know, hating uh, the, just all of it. You know, uh, wow. I'm sure if like 17 year old me knew that I had like Grateful Dead tattoos right now, that he'd be pretty pretty upset. But, you got uh, dead tats? Yeah. What um, do you got, man? You know. Um, oh, just you know. A bunch of shit that would be too hard to explain, but uh, um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think I think that you know, it, it's I'd actually be interested, Kovacs. What we've never talked about the dead, we've talked about everybody else, but like, what's what's yeah. your uh, what's your take? Uh, <clears throat> I'm not I'm not a, a huge aficionado on the dead. I just know a couple songs here and there. I haven't done the deep dive like I have with the. They'll Beatles find you. Or, it's yeah. a hard. It's a hard place. You guys are inspiring me, though. I want to check it out. I'm gonna go Dude, on Spotify. After watch that. that. Watch that series on Amazon. I mean, yeah. Joe obviously seems to know. He's more experienced in introducing people. But for me, as an introductory point, that helps you get what what Jerry was about. What the whole thing's about. Like, mm. yeah, yeah, I think, th- I think th- he's actually right. Like, I, I've I've often uh, Kovas. I've battled with like. They're a hard band to jump into, you know. Like they have, they have such a lot, like a huge catalog. Uh, yeah. You know, you kind of are inundated with all these live shows, and and a lot of people, a lot of like, you know, quote unquote deadheads or whatever will tell you not to listen to the studio albums, which I think is fucking horseshit. Right. But um, you know, so it, it, it and they don't necessarily have that like, 
you know pinnacle album so it's they're yeah they're not, they're not an easy band to just go to spotify and maybe dig into but i do think that film now it's yeah. a newer film so it didn't exist before but i think that's a good like a pretty good okay. place to start because you can you know it's how i feel about daniel johnson you know if you guys see yeah, that you gotta I, see love, daniel. I love daniel dude daniel, I, I watched i watched the devil and daniel johnson like it was like a week before he died it was really really far out because i just been wanting to like appreciate him for some time and i watched it and then that happened it was like man he's like right behind it it goes like beatles it goes like lennon and mccartney followed <laughs> by daniel johnson as the best songwriters ever to me uh he's and oh. but but to that to that point daniel johnson is not like an easy guy to be like check out these songs and let me know what you think right. you i think right. seeing, seeing, I seeing that film is like the best way to dig into him you know mm-hmm. uh and then you know maybe it maybe it sways you to liking it more yeah. but uh it's certainly mm-hmm. uh, he i think the grateful dead thing would be uh Amazon series. It's a long one though. It's like six hours long. I watched it in a day. I watched it in a day. I saw it, it in the theater. Time. I saw it in the theater straight Dude, through. That's <laughs> sick. That's right. Took my wife, yeah. and she was kind of like, I didn't know it was the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> like Lord of the Rings. Like, oh my god, all of them. <laughs> you got to, I gotta grab my computer charger real quick. I'll be back in like two seconds. How are you, brother? I'm good. Good. Uh, have a little pain in my mouth, but get better. From the from the surgery? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you get the uh, what's it called? The uh, I had, uh, I had, I had yeah. Damn. And we're back with Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> and peyote. <laughs> the Dunkin' Donuts peyote <laughs> comedy hour. <laughs> Holy cow, man. So yeah, you guys uh you worked on a show. If you want to talk about that. Yeah. I guess that's why we're here, huh? <laughs> why are, why are we all here, man? What's it all mean? Yeah, we would love to talk about the call. Yeah, dig into it, man. How'd you guys get on it? How'd you flow? At what capacity did you work together? Joe, I'll let you start. You on you started the, the series, the documentary before I was on it, right? I did, I did. So so my friend uh Mike Ferry uh works for a company called The Story Lab, and he's been talking to me about this project for a while, kind of as it was being even conceived. Uh-huh. And uh um you know, it was obviously the, as soon as I heard the story, I was interested. Um, sounded really cool, but it didn't really seem like there would ever be a need for a music soup, you know, etc. Fast forward maybe six months later, Mike calls me, says, "Hey, we we got this. We, it's done, and we do need a music soup. Can you work?" We had like no budget um, for for really much of anything. I kind of just advised them as to what I would do, and you know, kind of putting together some temp music, and 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 then with the hopes of shopping it around. Um, you know, a couple months, couple weeks. I, I kind of don't remember the time, the timeline, but within a few weeks um, of not really knowing what we were going to do with this project, uh, HBO kind of decided that they wanted to to handle it mm. um, and 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 put it on their platform. Uh, but they, they it, it's not an HBO production, you know. We we still handled it ourselves. Gotcha. I didn't I didn't know that. Um, and so. Um, at that point, HBO's biggest request, you know, they obviously had some some requests as to the film itself, but they're, they're, something that they really wanted was like a was a, a composed score for this. Um, in addition to the, you know, I had proposed like really making sure that we keep this the soundtrack to Baltimore artists. Mm. Um, and so once they wanted a once they once I knew they wanted a composer. Uh, and I knew that we kind of wanted this this very specific vibe, and also I think we had at the time they wanted to hire one. They're like, also we want it delivered in a month, you know. And so uh, I immediately called Kovas and and hoped that he was available. Uh, he was, and you know we 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 kind of well did is he gone? Kovas. I'm here. I'm oh, here. He's here. He's uh, here. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, and so we we brought him in and. Um, I uh, I actually 
they they were kind of like well what we don't know you know we need to hire really quickly here's a few people that we have in mind blah 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 and i was like well Kovas already actually put a little sketch together to the opening scene that we have and i played it for them and they were just kind of like yeah go ahead and just you know ignore that list of people we sent over and and get right this on, back here. uh how so, do you guys know each other then it's been years in the making we've, <laughs> we've known each other for years um we what a ridiculousness yeah fantasy Factory. Oh. even going back yeah. to the fantasy factory just kind of kind of similar you know talk about the snowball you know kind of started with just getting a couple little placements here and there and yeah. i knew kovas as, as just the artist kovas uh-huh. you know um just licensing his music from his his projects and and you know trying to find places for them and then you know it kind of evolved into uh working on on my block together i'm a i'm a consultant on that show um and our mutual friend ben hoxstein is music soup and you know we just were always kind of like spinning in in the circles together and and you yeah. know the past couple of years we've actually been able to to do some some projects kind of just the two of us lately so um, yeah right on man so joe joe what's your job can you tell me what your job specifically looks like like what it is that you do yeah i mean i'm i'm a i'm a uh just a one-man band music supervisor you know i would <laughs> somebody called me with an idea for a show or a you know or a, a project you yeah. know, I, and I hopefully have some sort of creative input as to, you know, what we what I think the show should sound like. Or maybe sometimes they'll come to me with already a good idea as to what they want. Um, and then I'll kind of go through the process of, of finding them the music that fits that, that fits their budget, that fits their, you know, clearance, you know, specifications, etc. And, um, you know, and then the kind of the back half, maybe like the the more admin side is kind of working with the labels and, and everybody to, to get to get everything papered up and, and handled. And, and then, you know, last but not least, got to turn in the cue sheets and everything. So uh, so Kovas and all these other guys can get their uh, get their mailbox money. Uh, get, get our donuts. Get our donuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind of all over the place. You know, as I said before, I can't, I can't really get too bogged down in one thing because, you know, I got yeah. these notebooks everywhere of, of like, you know, one show, one show. I'm um, one show's in pre-production, one show's in post, one show's been over for three months, and I'm yeah behind on delivering licenses. You know, so uh-huh. how'd you uh, get into that, man? How how'd you find yourself in this this kind of uh, 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 just a wild set of circumstances? I think it's like right place, right time, plus also being like that dude that just always knew about music. You know, so uh, I, I started with my wife actually we met when she was in college i was playing in a punk band I, I i quit the band uh she was getting ready to graduate and go uh work in in production she actually worked for dick house uh jackass all those all that stuff and uh i went with her and they needed somebody to to log tape um to you know I, they would give the raw footage of fantasy factory and i'd go through and you know, say like Rob and Big are at the at the factory. I type out the time codes and everything like that. Just real mm-hmm. arduous work. Um, and then, kind of, it being on that, being in that production, I became friends with, as I said before, Ben Hochstein. He kind of took me under his wing, and then I just kind of ran with it, you know. But it's it's certainly not like i get a linkedin message like once a week saying like how do i do this man like what do i do and i'm just kind of like man i i really don't know like i can't <laughs> i can't it's not like i just went to college and graduated yeah, yeah. this is what i'm doing like it's it's truly just like a bit of kind of a bit of everything it's, it's how i know kovas you know i can't i don't really know the the succinct answer but like mm-hmm. it's just kind of like a, a perfect i don't know but you know here here we are you know right man Kovas, what about you? Tell me about the show. Oh, well, uh, yeah, uh, Joe hit me up and was like, you know, I want you to get involved in this project. I think you can really, like, nail it musically. But we only have, like, two, three weeks. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. I can do it, you know. Coming from the commercial world, where sometimes you have a day to turn something around, I was like, I can do that, no problem. And then I got to see a couple of the scenes and I was like, I'm, I'm so into it. So I just kind of like started to sketch out a couple of ideas. Like this is what I'm thinking it should be, you know, like they're in from Baltimore. There's a certain like rough 
uh, rugged, mm. raw energy that I wanted the score to have, but also a beauty there because it's be- when you see, see the story, it's very beautiful to see these kids, yeah. you know, blossoming up and in, in, in to, to uh, get themselves for a better life, to provide a better life. And uh, yeah, uh, you know, this is our second se- series. We worked on um, another show for Netflix called uh, the, Co- the Comedy Lineup. Mm. So we have this rapport of like, kind of like I speak telekinetically to each other where Joe will be like, I'm thinking of five. And I'm like, okay, I got you. And I'll go back to the lab and come back. He's like, perfect. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's the, he's the only one that uh, he's not the only one. I, I, I do work with a lot of wonderful composers and, you know, I, I think most, most composers to be a composer, you have to be, kind of next level you know like it's not just like oh, i can play the guitar you know <laughs> um but like kovas has just this different kind of like we we don't really end up talking that much and and bothering each other that much you know like i kind of just hand him the keys and and he just goes you know uh i don't i have worked on a lot of projects where you bring in a composer and it's very arduous and you're just kind of just always on the phone with a composer always in an edit bay Kovas and I haven't been in the same room in I don't know probably a couple years, couple years now you know couple but years, yeah but, you know we, oh, we, did this, we did this whole project in like I don't know maybe three weeks total you know so not I, I was on it much longer but Kovas came in and knocked his part out in in a few weeks you know and so it's like uh having somebody like that in the Rolodex is just beyond you know <laughs> It's a bit self-serving too, because I know that I don't. I'm not gonna have to deal with. Some- <laughs> Beautiful man. I aim to please. I aim to please. <laughs> Kovas, what's your what's your stu- studio setup? What's your working process look like? Um, you know, for me, uh, uh, I hear everything as music. I see sounds as colors, so I tend to start to hear the stuff in my head first. And then I just try to create from there. Mm. So, so really, I'm just trying to recreate what I hear in my head in, in the equipment. So I already have an idea. I already have like a landscape of how I want it to come across. So, you know, I play five instruments, but it's really like, I think my real instrument is the computer. Mm. You know, it's like manipulating the sound and the textures to get them to a certain point. What software do you use? I use all of them. <laughs> yeah. Ableton, Logic, yeah. Pro Tools. So I go back and forth. I feel like each one is like a, a hammer or a screwdriver. Mm. So, yeah. you know, when I'm when I'm working on something that's a little bit more dance orientated, I may use Ableton more. Um, you know, if I'm if I'm doing something that's like uh, for recording vocals with Pro Tools, definitely. But, yeah. You know. It's like a you know like a, a a carpenter has all these different tools. They're all a tool for me. Even just mm-hmm. even just like a you know coming from the the more kind of I guess the the analog band world that I come from, it's almost just kind of the same as like I, I certainly if I'm recording uh you know the, there's a need to have a Telecaster and there's a need to have a Les Paul and they generally mm-hmm. don't they generally don't it's not the same yeah. thing you know so. Uh, yeah. You know, it's that's that's I've actually never heard you talk about that. Like, I've never really known that each program I know. I know certain composers seem to have a, a an affinity towards certain ones. But now that you say that, I'm like, well, my buddy that's really pro Ableton makes a lot of like hip hop and dance music. So <laughs> uh, I guess that makes sense. And like my other friend who records vocals all the time uses Pro Tools. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, people people will die on the hill about. Only use this, only use that. I use them all. I use Fruity Loops, I use everything. It depends on what the job is. Right on, man. That's my little secret for the kids. <laughs> Go buy Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> Don't Ikea, limit yourself. Ikea, 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 Ikea. <laughs> Joe, is that an online ceramic shirt you got on there? Uh, it is, it is. Is that a Grateful Dead online ceramic shirt? It is. It's a it's a, a ripple online uh, online ceramic shirt. I'm yeah. learning a lot about you quickly. <laughs> uh, these guys are actually from from where I'm from, and yeah. Oh, they, for real? I didn't know that. I know it's just two dudes, right? 
they're yeah they're from they're from I believe I, I know that they kind of started their thing at Ohio State um, in Columbus and uh, yeah I mean I I don't like know those guys at all but I was definitely yeah. buying shirts from them on the lot for like twenty bucks uh, years yeah, ago man. so to see them selling like hundred and twenty dollar t-shirts at Dover Street Market is pretty fucking cool yeah uh, I'm yeah. I'm so for it man they got a real beautiful thing going yeah, on they're, they're good at what they do man I, you know always try to support people who are good. So, absolutely. Uh, All right, guys. Well, we got a nice hour of uh, material here. Awesome. Great. It's been I, a blessing uh, so talking fun. to you. Yeah, so fun. Good to talk it's to you, man. You're uh, you're really good at this. You uh you you have a you have a you have a, a really uh, interesting way of of kind of talking in in a, in a great way. I like it. Thanks, man. Yeah. I appreciate that. Very easy. That. Cool, man. Good to hear it. I'll let you guys know when I publish this. Should be probably a few weeks or so. And Joe, I'll probably be hitting you up about some dead stuff. Okay, so. yeah, please. Uh, do you have my email? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, fire away, man. I got you, bro. You want to get <laughs> want to get deep? We we can get deep. Cool, man. <laughs> Kovas, I'll uh, I'll send you my bank or my Venmo information so you can get me the Dunkin' donuts. I can got you. you. <laughs> can you exchange gift cards on Venmo? Is that a thing? Probably not. I don't know. <laughs> if there's not a Venmo, if there's not like a gift, there should be like a Venmo where you can like buy gift cards for like, you know, let's do have, it. Right? Let's, the right. three of us, let's yeah. build we a, a business model.